Before we begin, we want to make a couple of statements about Black Lives Matter and defunding the police. We're going to mention some of the specific things that we think you can do to try to help. I've donated to Black uh, Youth Helpline, which is helping youth during this um, nuts time for Black youth. So you can go to blackyouth.ca and a Minnesota Freedom Fund, um, which is helping people who are getting arrested during the protests there. So I th- that's minnesotafreedomfund.org. Um, I'm going to recommend uh, donating to uh, Black Food Toronto, which is a food sovereignty initiative, and it's uh, providing emer- emergency food support to individuals uh, within the African-Caribbean Black community in Toronto who have been affected by COVID-19 and maybe have food scarcity or food um, trouble accessing food because of that. Because with everything that's going on with um, anti-Black racism in North America, there's also still a pandemic going on. So getting food to people is good. And the other one I'll recommend is AKT, which is a UK uh, charity. Um, And in uh, the spirit or anti-spirit, I guess, of the YA author who shall not be named, I think that uh, this charity sounds like one you should support right now. They they support LGBTQ plus uh, youth age 16 to 25 in the UK who are facing homelessness. And um, yeah, those would be the two I would recommend. And I'm going to say for one of the local ones, you can support the Toronto Protester Bail Fund that is helping bail out people who have been arrested at protests here in Toronto. Also, it's very important that you write to your political representatives so you can include your city councillor, your mayor, your provincial MLA, and your federal MP. All of them should get some sort of letter from you. Uh, Make sure you say that you are one of their constituents. That puts a little more pressure on them. There's a lot of great templates online you can find if you're not really sure what wording to use as well for defunding the police and saying that you support Black Lives Matter. Yes, I used one of those templates and I got so many emails back, so I know it's going through. I'm still getting emails (laughs) back from them. If you haven't done any of these already, then you should go do those, at least some of those now. Stop stop listening to the podcast. Go do that first. And if you have done some of those things and you just need a silly conversation about mermaids to help you recharge, we'll have that after the theme music. After you recharge, then you can go back out there and keep doing stuff. Welcome to Break a Wish, the podcast where all your dreams come true, but with terrible, ironic costs. We're having one of our episodes with a movie review to review The Little Mermaid. Joining me, we have Andrea Marston. Hi. And Grace Smith. Hello. Uh, and I'll just start by talking about each of us, how well we know The Little Mermaid. And I'll just say I know it from when I was a kid, and I don't think I'd rewatched it. But I've seen all the scenes over and over again, and people keep singing those songs at karaoke. So it didn't feel unfamiliar to me at all. Yeah, yeah. I um, I watched it when I was a kid. It was one. It was my favorite Disney movie when I was a kid, and I think I rewatched it again in my twenties. And part of the world is uh, my karaoke go-to song. But yeah, I rewatched it last night for this podcast, and. I have thoughts. <laughs> um, it was my like hardcore rewatch every single day when I was a kid movie. My poor mother 
had to hear this movie so many times from the kitchen or from the whatever other room she was in because she didn't want to be in the room where I was watching it, which is fair. Um, but yeah, I I was a, a real chronic rewatcher of movies when I was a kid. Once I had a favorite movie, I would watch it several times a day, every day for months. And Little Mermaid was that for a very, very long time. I also, and I'm ashamed to say this, as a high schooler, did have Disney sleepover parties with my friends where we would watch this and other movies because um we weren't cool enough for anyone to give us drugs so (laughs) i don't think that's necessarily a point of shame i think that's fine yeah i I think i would have been friends with you that sounds fun (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) um i my mom always used to compliment me on not getting into drugs in high school and i was like you act like that's a choice (laughs) (laughs) i was in the same social circles i think I discovered uh, them much later in life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I was. I, like, I guess I did the more guy equivalent in high school was just like land parties playing StarCraft, but it's the same. We were invited to the drug with. one. I was friend oh. with the land party boys. That's who I hung out. That was my crowd. They also used to yeah. throw fruits and vegetables during lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah, that's yeah. how we did. <laughs> so Grace, would you say you have kept up with uh, Little Mermaid though? I know you said you was a big fan when you were a kid, but like do you still consider it a comfort film to watch now? Um I don't really rewatch a ton of like children's films for comfort any like I recently got Disney Plus and thought I was going to probably dive into rewatching all the Disney ones, but not so much. I will I'll tell you what I do is I'm a big like go into a hole on YouTube and rewatch all the songs from all the Disney movies. I'm in a bit of a Hercules kick right now. So yeah, I, I, but when I rewatched it for this podcast last week, that was probably the first time I've watched it in a few, few years. And um, it was shorter than I remember it being. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a tidy little film. It doesn't yeah. you know overstay its welcome. Like less than nine, like eighty minutes or something like that. I was like, ah, oh. I looked at that time and I was like. Thank you, God. I love yeah. I'm sure there's still lots of eight-year-olds who can't sit through that whole time. I, I can't, okay, I've changed as a, an adult. Thing like the internet has changed me, and I like 80 minutes seems like a lifetime to me. Even though, like, I like binge TV shows, and they're like 36, 40 minutes. You know, I'm like I think that's my limit now. <laughs> Yeah, but you'll watch like three episodes in one sitting sometimes, I right? No, it doesn't make any sense. My friends all question me on this constantly. <laughs> no, I have the same problem. It, it's it's a commitment issue. You have a deep-seated, you can't commit <laughs> right. to 90 minutes, but you are willing to sit three hours in smaller chunks of commitment. I'll give a whole I, Saturday. <laughs> yeah. I, I really feel you on that because I, I think... I don't know what's going on with my attention span these days. Like if I try to watch a television show that's 40 minutes long i'll be like oh that's so long but then i will watch like a 90 minute youtube video that's just like <laughs> some lady talking about cats like i don't it it's it's it reminds me of when they when they came out with quibi and they were like oh yes all the youths have short attention spans now i'm like do they? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think I've turned into a youth somehow in my old age. <laughs> like, but I, yeah, I, everything's so long. I was trying to watch another movie a couple weeks ago, and I was like, it was two hours, and I thought I was going to die. I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> I was, 
<laughs> I've been watching long movies in like spurts. Like I, I rewatched End Avengers Endgame last week, and it took two days to get through. It. <laughs> That's what my friend said. He was gonna make all these movies into like mini series for me, so I'd watch them. <laughs> Aww. And I was like, yes, that's perfect. And you're my best friend. I love you. Thank you. <laughs> that could probably work. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, let's let's circle back to the Little Mermaid specifically yeah. then. Let's see. Uh there are a lot of things about this movie that are that quaintly don't make sense. And I feel like talking about those for a little bit. Like they have paper underwater. The underwater people have paper. They use a lot of wind instruments. <laughs> yeah. I feel like yeah, the wind instruments I hadn't clocked before, but the paper always <laughs> frustrated just bubbles. me. Yeah, wouldn't that just be bubbles? Huh. Like, I don't know if that would make sound. It definitely wouldn't work the same. That yeah, how are the fish? Right to me. He says they, the yeah, they don't. Blows, but how? With what? <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, they don't. I don't think they have the same types of lungs. Like, they fill up like bladders for buoyancy, but I don't think they can blow into a thing. I don't think that's how fish work. No, yeah, no. they bring through their gills. Oh, wow, I like honestly, I was just like thinking about how I morally don't line up with the movie anymore. But now I'm thinking about <laughs> now on a logic thing. level. Now I'm like, wow, this movie is. I wanted to warm us up for all the yeah. The, the, <laughs> there's lots wrong with this in terms of the theming. I wanted to warm us up to that but, with just like paper and water. Yeah, water instruments. I do kind of love it. I find with like again older movies that have a lot of problems but one thing i like is that they don't explain things and sometimes i don't want an explanation like did you did either of you see the like stage musical little mermaid yeah, i no. saw clips from it and i was like yeah it's ridiculous i <laughs> worked as an usher in a theater where it was playing for two months so i saw that stage musical so many times had a real big crush on the actor that played flounder and <laughs> that's beside the point not the print she no. was just very cute i would always make sure i was in there for her number um but <laughs> um and they had roller shoes which was cool oh. but they try to explain ursula like why she doesn't like king like why why she's mad at the king and i'm like i don't need to know because she's an exile. Like, I, I get it. Like, he's the king. Of course you're mad at him. I'd be yeah, mad he's, at the king. He's, he's an authority figure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm mad at yeah. the queen. Like, I'm, I'm, yeah. It, I, it, they had a whole backstory and they were like siblings or something. And mm. I, I was like, I don't need this. Yeah, you don't yeah. need that. And siblings doesn't make sense because she's definitely an octopus and he's definitely a merper. Yeah, they're fully different species. <laughs> Maybe yeah. they, one of their parents was... I'm not even going to get into oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not get into merfolk genealogy. <laughs> yeah, I just like, I think that cartoon gives you, you can get away with every, because like, think about every Disney cartoon you've ever watched. None of it makes sense. <laughs> no cartoons make sense. And it's That's wonderful. why, like, it yeah, and it's wonderful. Like, and like, even current cartoons like Big Mouth and stuff, like, you can do that with real, like, preteens. Like, that'd be nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, yeah. Cool. yeah. That would feel very wrong. Yeah. So I feel I think, like cartoons yeah. have like internal logic though. Like they have a logic, it's just a weird one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's I like still like find nitpicks just for fun. Like also the fact that Flounder brought her that statue. And I'm like, Flounder. How did you get <laughs> There's no way you're that swole. You're not secretly that swole. You're such <laughs> a small like- soft fish. Like it's not happening. Yeah. Maybe he had like secret help. Yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't need that. I don't need that explained. I like thinking about that and trying to imagine him getting it there somehow. And that can be a whole (laughs) separate movie that's like a slapstick adventure of Flounder gets the statue there. But I don't need it in the movie. Write that to Disney. <laughs> yeah, they're always looking for like sequels and spin-offs and stuff like that. When I was on Disney Plus finding this, I saw that there were several sequels and I <laughs> almost watched them. I did not. But those uh, were always straight to DVD though. Those were designed yeah. just to give Blockbuster something to have new. I bet yeah. that you get a lot, a lot of money for a straight to DVD story still. It's Disney money. It is Disney <laughs> money. I guess yeah. I could write it. You know. I think you should. I got the time. Especially if you've thought of several ways that this movie doesn't make sense and then making it make sense in like other straight to DVD movies. Yeah, just Flounder's Adventure that is just the part of this story where he gets the statue back to the cave, but it like solves all the other issues while he's on that trip. Like we do find out about Ursula, we do find out about the prince (laughs) just because he happens to be on that trip. That would be a story. I'd watch that. (laughs) Yeah, make that fan film. Yeah, right, sure. Uh, anything, well, you know what? Let's move into some of that theming then. Does yeah. anyone want to stress? I mean, there's lots obvious here, but does anyone want to stress some of the theming that stood out to them the most in The Little Mermaid? I just realized as a youth, maybe I wasn't as like feminist as I thought I was. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, this is all good. Prince Eric and like you lose your voice for a man. And like you're, it, she just went from one man controlling her life to kind of like the, her needs for another. Anyways, I, I had a whole, like um, I spiraled emotionally while watching this movie. Oh, no. <laughs> Cause I was like, is this what I, kind of stuff I grew up on? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I had a bit of a moment watching it. Yeah, and that prince is not much of a catch if you think about him as terms of like a good romantic partner or a good partner to have your life with. Because yeah. he basically falls in love because, oh, I heard you sing once and then you ran away. I need that specific person. And when Ursula pretends to be her because she has her voice, he's like, oh, never mind. This person I've been spending days with, falling in love with, nah. Yeah, also when he, yeah, that moment when he finds out that he thinks that Ariel washes up on the beach and he's like, it's you. And then she can't talk. And he's like, never mind. And I know (laughs) it's because the the singing is the thing he recognizes, but I'm like, hey, now she could still be a great guy. Like, she was maybe wounded. Thing, Prince Eric. I think the thing with Disney, though, is they make up for really terrible uh, princes in their movies by casting like real dreamy voice actors. So yes. he just sounds very wholesome and nice. So you're like, that Eric, I like him. And then you're like, he has no personality. What, what are a- the vocal characteristics of a dreamy voice for a man? I don't know. I don't know I could tell a dreamy voice from a non-dreamy voice apart. Hmm. I, I think just like like you can hear somebody was somebody was talking about the beauty and the beast um, live action movie and how like emma watson just didn't have the same smile in her voice that bell did in the movie so it is something like a smile in your voice right like yeah. a very like you just feel safe with this voice and also like prince eric was a dreamboat like honestly he was my favorite <laughs> first he was my first cartoon crush yeah first cartoon crush was prince eric so like yeah, I got why he was a catch. I just think he didn't like, he didn't like really care about, um, he, first of all, he was like falling in love with this girl who wasn't talking to him. And it was just like a lot of eyelash batting and stuff like that. And I was like, what's happening? I know like they, there's mood music and stuff, but like, 
I didn't understand how this bond was really forming. I didn't buy it as much as a as a, as the woman of my age that I as yeah, I did. But the I was mood music was doing a lot of the work. Yeah, it was mostly the mood One hundred percent of the work. <laughs> we could give him some credit for in the lagoon because then, like, there is diegetic mute mood music because it's the other fish are somehow singing to him and like convincing him that something romantic is happening and he's not uh doesn't seem to be consciously aware that fish around him are singing because i would probably be like holy shit oh, since no. when can fish sing but instead he's just sort of a, absorbing it atmospherically and being convinced he must be <laughs> yeah, in love it's like fish are singing around his soul not oh, so literally he- around his person but they are like they, they are, but, <laughs> they they, are. but it's like they're singing around his soul. You know how fish singing around your soul makes you want to kiss the nearest woman to you, like that. Mm. Yes, I've never yeah. had this fish. I gotta go. I gotta go to the lakes more. You gotta get to the ocean. You gotta get you know, to the lakes. <laughs> get to Nova uh, Scotia. There's gonna be fish singing around your soul constantly. Nothing puts me in the mood like a bunch of seafood. <laughs> yeah and then i did get like the one part i did like identify with and i'm like i got why i like this part of the movie was like her curiosity of like a world beyond her world kind of thing and mm-hmm. and like and like you know like that rebelliousness you have against your parents when you're 16 like i was buying into it. i was like yes yes girl like i feel like you're gonna go out there and live your life but then when she went out and, and to live her life and explore it was like all about this dude and like did she get to like do all the things she sang about in the song? I hope so. I mean, she's the princess to a kingdom, so she has a lot of royal duties, a lot of ceremonial affairs that she has to attend to. She's probably going to have to raise a whole bunch of kids, you know, the heirs of the kingdom. So that's yeah. probably going to end up being her life going and forward. You know when you watch, like, documentaries about the royal family, um, as <laughs> you do, um, and and they always make a big thing about, like, oh, this this person who married into the royal family, they grew up around royalty, so they knew all the etiquette, but, but Princess Diana didn't grow up around that, so she didn't. And, like, poor Ariel is so fucked. Like, she not only has not grown up around Earth, like, land royalty, she's not grown up around human beings on land. Like, she's gonna, the press is gonna eat her alive. Though... You have to wonder, she is from royal family. She is upper class. True. Do you think, and this is going to be a strange question, do you think that the class has more effect than the species in terms of like how you interact with the world? Like she probably had, she had a lot of servants, right? People who like uh, Sebastian and Flounder who just basically follow her around and attend to her wishes. So she's used to having people who work for her, hired help. Are we asking Maybe like class solidarity transcend like land water barriers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd also like to see if like Fisher, like even though they're like the high class, it's like King Triton, but is he like burping at the table? And is that something they like you like they don't do on with like the the humans? Like that's mm. another part of the movie that you're writing that maybe you could add in. Sure. <laughs> there is some etiquette there. Yeah, mm-hmm. writing this all down. No, 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 no. I was going to say, like, like wa- watching the movie this time, I because, again, I haven't watched it in a few years, and obviously the general cultural narrative around it now is like, oh, you know, is, yeah, that Ariel gives up her entire life for a dude. And I was like, oh, how am I going to – and I was very conflicted about it because I do – like, her getting married at the end is true bullshit. Like, she's 16. <laughs> no, no to that. Um, yeah. 
I would, I feel like I would kind of be fine with the rest of it if the idea was just like she was going to go on land and like date Eric. Like, I want a tangled ending to this. I was like, oh, they date for a while. Like, maybe, maybe marriage happens because I totally get being like, like a crush coming out of a sort of like larger obsession. Like, if you're, you're obsessed with land, that yeah. to me makes like sense that you then would get a crush on a dude from land. But then I think you've got you've got to spend some time with him. You've got to make sure that you're not just like obsessed with his culture and the idea of him. Like really, Eric might be getting the brunt end of this deal because he's going to find out that she just likes him for uh, his his legs. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. Also, like. Oh my god, I totally lost the the thought just like flew out of my brain. But yeah, you're you're right that like is she just like using him for like access to land? Yeah. In a way, she cuz that's what her deal is not about making him fall in love with her. Her deal, like the evil magic wish is she gets the ability to walk on land, become a human so she can explore the land. And he's the cost. She has to make him fall in love with her and get a true love's kiss in order to keep that. So if he finds out about the arrangement, he might realize that like he was the the deal, the cost. He's the downside. He's not the the prize. Okay, it's For like she's all that. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> but yes. I, like it's like the prank. Oh my god, I never thought about it like that. That okay. I'm sure. The sequel that you're writing, Maddox. Um, I want. <laughs> I now want like that scene at the school dance, like at the dance yeah. at the ball, royalty, <laughs> where he finds out that about the contract i guess maybe he already found out about it i don't remember um but like he finds out and he was like was this all just a bet to you and she was like it was at first but then it became yeah it more. really is that story it just isn't addressed that that's this story right yeah you know what yeah. it is it's telling the so like they should write little mermaid is written for us as kids then they should have written little mermaid as us in high school and that's what would have happened in the high school version. And then like us in our 30, 20s and 30s, Grace, you were saying like how it doesn't end happy and it's like complicated. Like that's mm-hmm. us in our 20s and 30s. Like, you know, like. Yeah, were you yeah. Them married like a couple months later? Again, the press has been all over her. He's now <laughs> feeling like she never really was into him and it's falling apart. She's pregnant now, though. <laughs> so how do you get out? Yes, I want to see those. Like, I want those to be the the, the sequels. Maddox, yeah, fun. <laughs> se- no, that'd be a fun series just to redo every uh, every Disney film. Like, do they'd probably just be shorts? They wouldn't be like the whole thing, but just redo every story as though it happened to the characters being a different decade years old. Yeah, or targeted towards yeah. a different decade year old. I think that'd be yeah, that'd be an interesting. I'd love to see that. I think the I think last time I did little mermaid it was 10 years ago well i'm like i'm th- i'm gonna be 38 soon so i'm i'm ancient so like i think the last time i watched it, i was like 26 and i don't think i looked at it as the way i look at it now because i really like i'm like i've always loved the independence part of it of her wanting to do her own thing and like discover and like journey um the guy thing didn't even an- annoy me uh, 10 years ago and that says a lot about who i was 10 years ago <laughs> And so, like, and now I'm just like, girl, you need to go explore your life up there on land. You need to, like, you need to, like, take your time and get to know yourself. And I'm like, oh, that just, like, that's where I'm in life. And it's funny to look at 
things at different times in your life. Something you knew when you were a kid. It's funny. Oh my God. Yeah. Because especially when the first time you see like a kid's movie as an adult, you're like, ah, now I am smarter and I get it. And then 10 years after that, you're like, oh no, I didn't. Now I get it. And now who knows what we'll think about it. <laughs> yeah. Another couple of years, years we'll be like, oh, actually I was wrong again. Yeah. yeah I, I keep, because I, again, yeah, I think that. I felt more complicated about it this time because definitely the last time I watched it, I did feel in that realm of like um, feeling very like feminist ragey about it. And I still do. But also I I kind of wonder how much the um, bad messaging of this movie is, is more where it fits in the kind of Disney um, oeuvre than as its own film. Because, again, I will say her getting married is bullshit. But the rest of it, mm-hmm. I think, as a kind of standalone story, is like not is like pretty understandable for a sixteen year old. Yeah, but I do wonder. Maddox kind of like, sorry, Maddox actually just like totally changed my mind because I that's how I was feeling. I was feeling feminist raging, like I didn't see the point of view that she was using him, and now I'm like, yes, girl. <laughs> that's not healthy either. I think neither of them are healthy. Yeah, maybe when we're fifteen, we'll think of it as healthy. <laughs> okay, well, let me throw out another question that might help you recontextualize this. Let's think about it just for a moment, less as like this should be a role model, and more of this is like a cautionary tale, and make it personal. Ooh. So, can you think back through your own lives, and what do you think is the biggest change you've personally ever made to appease a romantic partner, or like to get closer to someone you have a crush on, like? What is the biggest like self change you've ever tried to make to just impress someone or something like that? I moved to Toronto (laughs) and I'm still here though. Not with that person anymore. So, you know, that's not too bad. I like it here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you definitely, you, you stayed on land in the uh, mermaid metaphor. Exactly. Yeah. Mermaid metaphor. Toronto was the, the, was land. I moved here, I got rid of Prince Eric, and then just like chilled and explored land. Oh my god, I love this story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mine is so much lamer, and I literally did a a guttural scoff at it earlier when you (laughs) asked the question, uh, because I've done so many, uh, this was my 20s, a whole decade of me just appeasing men. Um, And the worst thing I ever did was I used to go to Saskatchewan Rough Riders games of the CFL, (laughs) and I'd wear a watermelon on my goddamn head. Um, Because (laughs) so uh, that's honestly when I ever want to like shame myself and just feel bad about a decade of my life, I think about myself with a watermelon on my head. So yeah, that's what I've done. It's the worst. I mean, it's not that damaging. It's it's embarrassing, and it's probably football. Like I think football is terrible and boring, and I was just like. (laughs) I have a watermelon one and I'm watching the worst sport ever. I'm like, what is happening to me? <laughs> I, I love that a lot. In this analogy, is the watermelon land or is it Ursula? I, I think CFL is land, yeah. But I guess she, she decided to go back to the sea. Yeah. Andrew, you are back, back in the sea. sea. I, you know what? Honestly, in the whole story of life, I'd probably hang out with my dad more than any idiot I dated. So like... <laughs> My dad's cool. <laughs> I feel like I haven't changed enough for other people. Like I've slowly become a better person over time because of mistakes I've made in the past. But in terms of like trying to change myself, I've a couple times tried to get into TV shows that like girls like, oh. and then normally don't stick with them because I don't like the show. <laughs> <laughs> that has happened to me. Yeah, I've dumped somebody because yeah. of a TV 
show they watched. So, oh, what show? Yeah. It was Big Bang Theory. That's my um, that's, that, that's my line. That's my line. I can't. <laughs> I can't. You're, you're in comedy, yeah. No, yeah. that's <laughs> my dad has I, a Bazinga I, mug. I'm. Oh. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I tried to watch Grey's Anatomy, and I I watched just one episode, somewhere in the middle, which is probably not how you watch a show, but. Oh yeah, what if they you just watched- started monologuing at me, and I got so mad at like <laughs> how bad the monologue was, and just how like overly sentimental <laughs> it was. It's, I just got mad at the show, and I'm like, you know what? Enjoy your thing. You watch that with your girls. Let's just not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've dated someone where we have tried to like ha- have at least one show together, and it's good if you can find one show. But like every show doesn't need to be your show together that and the, and the couples who tried to watch every show together i'm like i think that's unhealthy i don't think you should do that you're you're I agree. yeah so you have one show and then you go watch your thing and you go watch your thing we all have devices yeah you, you should all have something of your own as well yeah I, I, I think it's important to have something aside i refuse to watch shows alongside any no i'm not i can't i not not no friend no boyfriend no partner of any kind I w- will I agree to watch a show a lot. Grace, I love your style because I also totally agree. I hate watching TV shows with people. <laughs> I hate waiting for the. I just want to watch it now at an yeah, unreasonable hour. Like, where they t- when they talk, I'm like, shut! I don't want, care about anything you're saying, and then I feel like really callous and mean. <laughs> so, yeah. do you mean literally never watch something with another person present, or do you just mean don't watch a show together where you like wait for each other to watch episodes? Yeah, that that like I'll watch like a movie with some, and also I should add that that me and my boyfriend did go through Shit's Creek together, which is possibly the only time we have successfully watched through a show together. Um, <laughs> but, and we'll watch a movie together, but I'm not, I don't, I have no patience to wait for somebody else to watch a new episode of a show. So I refuse to even try. I don't, I think it's a silly thing. We should all get over it and watch shows by ourselves in our beds in the day. Yeah. I'm going to sign that change.org, that petition. Yeah. <laughs> I guess uh, in this case, I'm a moderate. I see the value in it. I like having a shared experience with someone, but I, I wouldn't want to do it so for like every RuPaul show. I, I, Drag Race, I'll do it. Because like it's a competition show. It's a fun show. But where I have to like really pay attention to a storyline. And if I know the person's talkative, we're, we're just going to get into a fight. <laughs> oh, and I'm, yeah, no, I'm not doing this with a talkative person. Like if yeah. I, you, you only reserve one show for like a, a relationship show that you watch together, only one show at a time. Other shows have to all be free willy nilly. And yeah. also like if someone is a talkative person, they get the less important show as the reserved show for them. Yeah. They get the show I don't really care about. They get the like. Oh, they get Animal Planet in the background, you know, just so you guys can talk over it. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Like a game show or something like it's like, okay, whatever. Yeah. It's not a dense show with a deep story. It's more of like just something to watch. Sure. We'll watch that together. Yeah. yeah. I like having someone to like text who is also who I know is vaguely also watching the same show. And if a yes. show is like currently airing, like new, like I, w- I watched Game of Thrones along with people. I watched Watchmen along with other people where we'd either all like we knew we were all watching it on the same night and we text each other. But like that's. That's only because I'm not allowed to skip ahead because literally the episode hasn't come out. Because it's airing as it's coming on. Yeah, see, that's the yeah. thing is like streaming services have changed everything. So like the circle, right? They were releasing four episodes at a time, and my friends were watching one a day, and I'm like, what is wrong with you? 
There's four at once. Watch all four at once so we can talk about it immediately. And then they're like, we're not there yet. And I'd have to wait like four days to talk to them. Uh, who? What? What's the why? Why are you doing this to yourself? You can't. You're an, a grown up. You're allowed to watch all four in one day. Just do it. <laughs> they have like lives, I guess. Ugh. Uh, Ugh. Yeah, the worst. Okay, I'm going to go back to the, something that I just thought was funny in Little Mermaid. And I want to get your opinions on it. So the seagull. Uh, I forget the seagull. I, I forget his actual name. I know he's played by Buddy Scuttled. Hackett. Scuttled. Okay. So Sorry. he. No, no. Thank you for helping me out there. He talks about the Earth stuff as though he's an expert in it. He clearly gets it all wrong. It is hilarious. I agree. But the thing I couldn't decide, and I want you guys to weigh in on, do you think that A, he thinks he knows what he's talking about and is just an idiot, or B, he doesn't know what he's talking about, but he wants to like seem cool and like he does know what he's talking about, so he's like conning them because he just wants to like hang out with the cool princess and, and her cool friends? I was actually wondering that this time through, which is not a thought I've ever. I feel like I feel like the way at least the voice actor is playing it is like an earnest. I think I that this is right. So, so, but yeah, I don't. You know. think he's a he's an honest idiot. I think he is like either thinks that this is information he's heard. And, and is and is repeating it like maybe as a seagull he's on the beach he's hearing bits of conversations he's mixing stuff around it's reasonable yeah. to believe that he could know this stuff yeah i yeah. i know people like him okay <laughs> i know i think i have my mom maybe like the seagull in like a cute and also super annoying way in that she like reads all these things on on facebook and stuff like that and then she just says things to say things you know like just to have a moment in the conversation (laughs) so she's like yeah she's like i think they're poisoning lettuce and like she'll just say things to say things and i think that this seagull might be lonely a little bit and like he's just trying to like have some communication with people so he's just stating all the facts he knows in no particular order and maybe it doesn't make any sense uh, I love okay so, you, so your your vibe is more of that like he's he's speaking with more confidence than he has yeah. because he wants to have something to say but yeah. he's not like actively lying he's more of just he's probably deluded himself into believing it he's just here's yeah, I think, I, i'm gonna come up with a bold theory that sure. um i think as like in terms of why they would decide on certain that certain archetypes of characters would appeal to kids. I think Scuttle is the kid I was, which was the pretty nice, but also a compulsive liar. Um, <laughs> I would lie constantly as a child and didn't really understand that it was bad. Like here, I will Grace, give you one how example. did you lie? I wanna, yeah. I want to know so yeah, bad. How do you lie? This is my favorite example. Please. So we, um, this, the neighborhood that we lived in in Halifax growing up um, was like uh, co-op housing. So there was like lots of people moving kind of in and out all the time. And um, my mom, so my mom would have like just weird stories she gathered from people. And one person was the hairdresser to, to um, Sarah McLaughlin's birth mother. And that turned into quite quickly me at school. Sarah McLaughlin used to live next to us. Sarah McLaughlin used to live next. (laughs) And to me, that's basically the same thing. This is the, I'm not, I'm like, this is barely a stretch. And 
and and the idea that this was a bad thing to do didn't occur to me. So I, that's where I think that that Scuttle's kind of living in that he has heard like snippets of human things, and he's sort of like going from like the ten percent he's heard to one hundred percent confidence, <laughs> as children often do. And he's the like a kind of comedic side appealing to kids kind of character. That's my theory. He's definitely a fan favorite. I get it. Yeah, I think we would have been best friends as kids, Grace, because, like, honestly, I used to say I used to go to summer camp. I was way too poor to go to summer camp. We never (laughs) – and I'm like, yeah, I went to summer camp, and I had a boyfriend every time I went to summer camp that I never went to. Anyway, (laughs) so it's great to know that other kids lied to. (laughs) Oh, let's get a time machine. Go back. (laughs) Your childhood selves probably needed friends. Um, I would do – because I went to visit Anna Ganesh a lot because my – like extended family lived there and mine was i have a boyfriend in anaganish and a best friend in anaganish i did not have one in real life oh that's uh, great yeah. see i think i i had a different problem whereas i didn't so much lie as just i would half believe all my imagination like we had some games going on with my brother and stuff about like oh the warlocks live at the end of the street in those piles of sticks that they're using in the construction and like they but they can't get past this log so no one kick this log because if, if you kick this log, then they can come at our houses at night. So we just had made sure to always watch that log and that it was there keeping the warlocks away. And I like half believed it, but also I knew it was all made up. But like I would take it seriously. Yeah. One day did you just get so frustrated. You're like, this is not real. And then you kick the log. <laughs> no, one, one time we were climbing in the piles of sticks and then I think the sticks just were falling down on us. But we thought the warlocks were trying to trap us in there because they were like, constricting us and then we got convinced that the warlocks had attacked us and uh we never went back honestly it makes uh, such sense why we all do improv <laughs> <laughs> uh, the people we are today is yeah, <laughs> a lot of sense can i talk about the songs in this movie for a hot yes yeah. um like okay i think we can all agree part of your world great song mm-hmm. uh under the sea great song um uh, uh oh my god oh kiss the girl like problematic, but great song. Is Saw <laughs> a good song? I mean, you could also look at that one as pretty po- problematic. <laughs> it's a murder song. It yeah. is a, no. I was talking more of just like French. it's also in a like a offensively bad French accent. <laughs> okay, get like a guy of French a, lineage. As a vegetarian, like, this is an offensive song to me. Sorry. Yes. Also, that's more of spooky in the sense of a Disney film because like they spent the whole movie having us. Uh, commiserate with all these sea creatures and then just have an entire scene where it's corpses upon corpses upon corpses from yeah. the perspective of the characters we're following and there's a way that they draw the fish meat that feels very visceral <laughs> like, at very, the like bloody. when flotsam and jetsam get exploded which i remember traumatizing me as a child and all their little fish bits fall into ursula's oh. hands they look really real and upsetting <laughs> I was upset this time watching that. See, the the part of the movie that really resonated with 2020 Andrea was Poor Unfortunate Souls. Like Oh yes. Because oh. I was like, I feel that. I feel like this is like the big corporations. So you too, I got so political. <laughs> but like I, was, I was, like I was sitting there, it was because of the day I was having yesterday too. And I was just like, Yeah, we are poor unfortunate souls and we have to give this part of ourselves up for like and I was like, Oh wow. 
I don't so really Ur- know. Ursula is, is, is corporations, is what you're is, saying. And that's how I felt when I was watching it yesterday. I might have smoked a little bit of weed before watching it, <laughs> and that's what developed. But I was just like, oh, my God. We are you know poor. what? I yeah. I think that is fair, because what is the one thing that she ends up being uh, bound by, scared by, that controls her in the end? Legal contracts. <laughs> <laughs> and this is yeah. actually also about the contract, I think, is some something where like the Little Mermaid discourse has led us astray, because a lot of people, I think, try to defend Ursula by saying like, oh, you know, she was just following the contract and like and ariel didn't do what she like didn't get the kiss so so but i was like we're ignoring that she sets out to do this because she wants to fuck over the king which again i am very for but i think we can't ignore (laughs) that her her uh you know that the subtext here or like her her motivation is not like oh i would like to help this girl but uh clearly contracts are important it's it's I a would, predatory contract for sure yeah, yeah i would like yeah. to destroy this girl's life and i'm going to use do it through contracts so yes i completely agree with this reading also, so even if it's magically legal it is still immoral and i think it's important that legality does not equal morality indeed yeah and like what are the sea rules all about how old do you have to be to sign contracts under sea like that shouldn't have been a legally binding contract with a 16 year old like i don't know about that. that's true without her i don't know what at what rate mer people mature yeah that's true maybe it's like cat years <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what if this whole, again, the Little Mermaid discourse about her being 16 is totally moot because in Mermaid years, that's like 32. We don't know, really, yeah. I will never know for sure. We just always assume that merpeople are exactly like us because we just put our cultural assumptions on the merfolk. Well, she is like having her, I guess, debut at the concert at the beginning, which is a sort of like that age debutante sort of thing to do. Yeah. Is this debutante? is the- I think it is, which is always still kind of a gross thing, but yeah, what is yeah. American South? <laughs> it's very American <laughs> South. So even though it's it's set in Denmark, I, I double checked on that. I want to look up because huh. I want to know like oh, it's set. we were under the sea in Denmark. That's so cold. <laughs> oh yeah, and she's wearing a little bikini top. Come on, yeah, like, you should be wearing. T- she's probably got scales or something. Oh, she's cold blooded. She's got to oh, be cold blooded. But tell yeah. me the, the whole kind of like f- flair of Sebastian and his music makes less. <laughs> not that I'm not like, he's great, but you kind he may of, have, he may have come over on a boat that we're somewhere. He's the only crab in the thing, isn't he? Oh no, there are other crabs in the kitchen. <laughs> there are many questions in this film so- that I don't think we will ever find a true answer to. No, but it really got us thinking. <laughs> yeah. That, I don't know why that Denmark one really threw me for a little bit. <laughs> I think because of the lagoon and everything, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know. It seems that's just warmer. officially it where it's set. That's, uh, the source material was set in Denmark. Hmm. I, that's where it's officially set, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense as the original fairy tale is like Germanic, and I assume. And oh, yeah, yeah. The fairy tale. The original fairy tale. I forgot oh, yeah, about the that. The original uh, published. <laughs> you can get it. I was just thinking of that. What was that? Um, J-Lo movie, The Boy Next Door or something, where they have the original edition of The Odyssey. No, I, I've never seen that film, so I don't this, know. This is a meme from like two years ago. But like <laughs> it was going around that there's this like 
it's it's one of those moments in a movie where it's like clearly characters trying to seem smart but like maybe the writers had a fact wrong so it ends up making them not seem smart and like in order to prove that one of the characters like, oh. books, he's like here i brought you this first edition of the odyssey odyssey by homer which would have been yeah which would have been all by never now. printed yeah never and, printed so yeah like the first edition of the little mermaid <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we're going to wrap up. I'm just going to ask you to give a quick question to this this final question. Do you think, under any circumstances, if you were offered by a sea witch a magical contract that required you to get a true love's kiss within three days, that that would be a valid term that you would accept? Absolutely not. I can't even get a kiss. Like, no. Like, I can't. I'm not good at that in real life. That's no. Absolutely not. (laughs) Yeah, I have to say I'm going to say no for the same reason of like I just don't have faith in myself to get it done <laughs> we got no game I, we, no game I'm like if you have like six months and a and a couple nights where you guys end up as the last two people at a bar like maybe but otherwise yeah. I just don't think it's happening I've been working yeah, on I'm- a crush for like seven years now <laughs> I perform less well under pressure too so this would no this would be terrible okay, knowing yeah. you only have three days what garbage would come out of our mouths i don't (laughs) (laughs) all right so none of us will ever be little mermaids but uh we did have a lot of fun discussing it thanks so much for joining me guys thank you thank you and we'll have another movie review soon bye 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 well that's what we came up with but we want to hear from you tell us your thoughts you can find us on Twitter at BreakAWishPod, email BreakAWishPod at gmail.com, join the BreakAWish discussion group on Facebook, and you can support the show by writing a review, telling a friend, or buying a t-shirt on TeePublic. All this information at BreakAWish.ca. For more Grace Smith, you can follow her at GraceEctomy on Twitter, and subscribe to her YouTube channel, Things with Cats. For more Andrea Marston, follow at PopGoesAndrea on all social media. This is a Kicks and Giggles Entertainment production, hosted by Maddox Campbell, themed by Matthew Reed, cover art by Justin Langford, and a proud member of the Sonar Podcast Network. More podcasts at thesonarnetwork.com. So, what would you wish for? has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar! Como esta? You've got Mary Chris Rivera, Ali Rasul, Belinda Corpus, Ali Posadas, and Paula Bautista, Isabel Canon, and, and we are the Tita Collective. We are award-winning multidisciplinary artists. We dance, we sing, we create art, and we'll make you snort laugh hollow hollow through your nose. We have a new podcast called Chica Chica with the Titas. Chica Chica means gossip. Now you know! We will be chatting about Philippine arts and culture as a reflection of our lives as women of the Philippine diaspora. For our first season, we will be breaking down the themes of our award-winning sketch comedy show, Tita Jokes, a love letter to the strong Filipinas in our lives. Am I really that strict? I don't 
need to be. This is just how I show my love. You know, I'm the middle child of 14 kids. <laughs> It also explores many themes, which include family, identity, homesickness, queer erasure, and more. I will suffocate them with this Canadian <laughs> So please subscribe. Don't miss an episode of Chica Chica with the Titas. We'll catch you on our first episode on January 6th. Now you know.